Thank you for calling the Supernatural Protection Company, the world's largest provider of paranormal insurance. We apologize for the extended hold you were placed on while we upgraded our systems, but we are ready to help you however we can. It's fine. Seven months for an immortal being really isn't that bad in the grand scheme of things. Well, thank you for your patience and understanding. Now then, may I please have your name, preferred pronouns, and policy number? Most recent name? The name that you would like to be referred to during this call. And if that's different from whichever one is currently attached to the policy, I will need that as well. But then we can update you in the system to add your current alias. It's no trouble. In that case, I currently go by Marcus Williams. Pronouns he, him. I think the name you have on file would be Gerald Langston, with policy number 8 Lima Uniform Asterix Charlie 3. Hmm. I do not see that name in our system for this policy number. Oh. Uh. Hmm. I thought that was the last time I'd updated all my accounts, but I guess I missed this one. <laughs> there always seems to be that one thing you miss when you move countries or assume a new identity. Would it help to know that you opened your account in the 1400s? Oh, wow. Has it really been that long? I could have sworn I sent a messenger bird with my updated information. It's probably under Dimitri Arcturus then, right? Yes, that is correct. Would you like me to update your account with your current name? That would be very helpful. Yes, thank you. And done. Now, how may I help you today, Mr. Williams? I'm calling to find out how to become an in-network provider of psychological services. I've been doing my best to navigate the system on my own, and I think I've hit a point where someone on your end has to move it forward. These kinds of things are so complicated nowadays. Oh, I remember when you could just practice medicine in a hut in the woods and only had to worry about helping the villagers. And the local church knocking at your door with pitchforks. These days it's all about securing official documents and education. So much more tedious. Things have certainly changed quite a bit since those times. So the first thing I need from you is information about your business. The name and where it's incorporated will be enough to get started, but we will also need you to forward your up-to-date licenses, as well as a few other things depending on your location. I will send you the full list of required documents after our call. That would be very helpful, thank you. My business is located in Camden, in London, and is named Bleeding Hearts Therapy. All right. I have created a provider profile in our system with that information. Now, I just want to make it clear that this will not be set to active until we have fully validated you as an eligible in-network provider, which may or may not happen depending on the information we receive in these next steps. Oh, um, all right. So will all those requirements be emailed to me? Yes. We do have your contact information on file as it relates to your personal policy, though I am assuming your physical address is probably invalid as it refers to a country that no longer exists. Given the name you had on file, that is unsurprising. 
I'll pass along those details with the documents as well. Absolutely no problem. Whenever you're ready, I can take down that email. Williams at bleedingheartstherapy.vamp And your personal address so I can update your file? It's, um, coolfangguy2 at aol.com All right, then. So next, I'm going to need some details to help fill in this profile for your practice. This will help us ensure we receive the correct documents from you, as well as help our team to accurately classify your business among our many areas of service. How would you describe the primary services you provide, Mr. Williams? Well, I provide therapeutic and counseling specifically for vampires. I have a bachelor's degree in Immortal Studies and a master's in Psychology. I also spent quite a bit of time doing research at the Miskatonic University where I received my doctorate, which led to me publishing my first self-help book, Don't Suck It Up, a guide to emotional healing for the modern vampire, about 90 years ago. These days I mainly specialize in work relating to vampiric trauma, both current and generational. Oh. My apologies for not addressing you properly then, Dr. Williams. No, it's fine. I've been a doctor for so long, it's lost a bit of the excitement. I'm thinking I'll drop it when I have my next alias change. I try to keep things feeling fresh. Well, I apologize anyway. Now then, you said that your focus is on vampiric trauma? I wouldn't have thought vampires would have issues related to that considering how being turned rewrites your DNA. Well, I guess for most vampires, what we call generational trauma is less about their actual ancestors and more about the inherited trauma that surfaces once they've been turned. Suddenly, they belong to a group that for centuries was considered a monster, and that adjustment can be hard for some. It has been a long time since those days, but... There are still people who grew up on the old stories and have some implicit bias. Ah, of course. I'm sure that is very hard for your patients. Honestly, most handle it fine. Some actually lean into it and start theming aspects of their lives around Dracula or Nandor the Relentless as a way of dealing with it. It's a bit weird, but as a first step coping mechanism, it's easy to work with. I always keep plenty of business cards for the local coffin maker, and if it makes them feel more comfortable as we work through things, I don't think it's bad. Do a lot of them follow up on that and actually get coffins to sleep in? Yes. It's actually gotten to the point where I've got a custom office sofa that's, uh, (laughs) set inside of one. I know, I know, it's weird, but... It seems to make a lot of clients feel more comfortable, even on their first visits. They'll walk through the door, spot the coffin sofa, and usually laugh at the absurdity of it. A good way to break that initial tension. I can see how that would be, at the very least, a good conversation starter. Sometimes people feel a lot of pressure to act a certain way once they become a vampire, so pointing out the absurdity of some of these old stereotypes can really help break them out of the mold that they've put themselves into. If you wouldn't mind, 
Could you pass along the information for your supplier with everything else? We're always looking to connect with additional resources to share with our customers. Oh, of course. That's no trouble at all. Next question, then. Who are your primary clients? Do you mostly work with newly turned vampires? Oh, no. I deal with vampires of all ages. Actually, the older they are, the more human their problems become. It's a bit weird. My clients who are 800 plus years old are much more concerned with the kind of stuff I'd expect to hear from a standard human patient. They've been alive long enough to work through their survivor's guilt and loss of familial connections. For a lot of them, it's more of a struggle trying to relate to the newer vampire generations, or even just the general changes of the world. It can be hard crossing those cultural divides when you were a human in the Holy Roman Empire, but no one in your community was alive until after its downfall. Ah, yes. Being an immortal does have its own unique challenges. There's a reason so many stay within their own groups. But even then, you can have the same issues connecting that any other being does. Exactly. And if you do cross those lines and befriend non-immortals, that has its own challenges. Not everyone decides to be upfront, and while that can work for a time, it does put a strain on those relationships. Not to mention that it is quite difficult to hide that you haven't aged when you are in one place more than a few years. Actually, with how stage makeup has improved the last couple of decades, it's gotten quite a bit easier. But even a vampire that is very skilled with it will have trouble making it look like they're naturally aging alongside their friends. Things tend to go a little... uncanny. More so than the usual amount that comes with being a vampire. You kind of forget which parts of the face are supposed to wrinkle and why. Ah, uh, uh, yes, I think I understand what you mean. But even with all that, having non-immortal relationships is something I do encourage, as it's healthy to stay connected with the world and society. Yes, I can understand why. Next question. Are there any other people working at your business? Unfortunately, no one else right now. I lost my assistant a few months ago, and it's been difficult to find someone to replace her. Banshees have some very specific skills that are quite useful for some trauma techniques, so they're in fairly high demand among my colleagues in the broader therapeutic field. I've been looking for another doctor as well, but what I do is so specialized and fairly new to the field of psychology. I can't say that I've personally heard of it before now, and given where I work, that does say quite a bit about how niche it is. Ghosts? Of course! Plenty to work through when it comes to being trapped on the mortal plane. Dragir? Not as common, but at least one practice in every European city. But I think some types of immortals, like vampires and even werewolves, have been in the public view for so long that people forget time does not in fact heal all wounds. I'm sure you know something about all that, though. Uh, as, uh, as employees, it's important for us to be knowledgeable about these types of things, of course. Yes, of course. Right. Well, I think that is all we need from you, Dr. Williams. 
Based on the type of care you provide, you do match the basic criteria to be an in-network provider, so this process will likely be moving forward. We will be in contact about the documentation we need from you, as well as any additional requirements. For your personal records, the intake number associated with this request is 04329. Sounds great. Thank you for your time. Of course. Have a nice day. Okay, that got a little dicey there at the end. I'm sure Dr. Williams has no problems pulling somewhat delicate information out of even his most secretive clients. <sighs> Need to be more careful with these types. Just a little too perceptive. And the enchantments on the phone line can only do so much to protect us. Hopefully management doesn't find out about that slip-up. As for the follow-up on this one, I'm going to flag it for the health administrative team to look over. I know the forms can get a little jumbled between providers that help supernatural beings versus ones who help victims of supernatural beings. So it's best to just leave that to them to sort through. I want to say I dealt with a support request similar to this in the past. I should look back through my notes on that one to see if there are any other departments that need to get involved. Based on what we discussed in the call, I would say that Dr. Williams has a very solid case for the necessity of this kind of medical service. I'm just a bit unsure how that is wrapped into our more standard vampire insurance offerings. It isn't like they can usually get sick, so having standalone health insurance isn't even something we offer. Those rare occurrences are covered more broadly by the general immortals coverage. So it's more about making the case for why this service is necessary for general well-being. Stigma can be difficult to overcome, especially when part of it is people thinking that being alive for hundreds of years suddenly makes all your problems disappear. As if. As for my professional opinion on this one, I certainly think it is a good fit, and could help our relationship with the Vampire Council in the future. If nothing else, it's a smart move politically, and sometimes that's just the game you have to play. Oh, and I should make sure we get that coffin maker's information. A custom coffin sofa might be just what the break room needs. This episode of the Supernatural Protection Company was performed by Adam Robinson and Safta Something. If you would like to hear more of Adam's work, you should check out The Moon Crown, where he plays a very similar charming immortal. Additionally, check out his website at www.adamrobinsonvo.co.uk for other credits, demos, and contact information. It'll be linked in the show notes. Special thanks to David Mr. Iron Turboville, Rowan Odom, and Derek Hornet Valen for their insight and help on this episode script. This episode was written and produced by Safta Something, with cover art by Ash Letty. If you like the show or have your own supernatural issues and need advice, let us know 
by reaching out to us on Tumblr at the SPC Podcast or Mastodon at the SPC Podcast.podvibes.co. And please consider checking out the Patreon at patreon.com slash something for episodes a full week early and additional bonus content. Support at any tier and receive an exclusive SPC sticker in the mail as thanks. And this month, you'll also get access to an exclusive excerpt from Dr. Williams' best-selling vampire self-help title, Don't Suck It Up. Or, if that doesn't appeal to you, consider giving a one-time tip through Ko-fi at ko-fi.com slash something and just buying the sticker yourself. Any amount of support is deeply appreciated. Leave us a review on your podcast platform of choice and recommend us to your friends. Who knows? They may need our help 